0: This is episode number 31, and I'm your host Michael Citro. Thanks for joining me, and in this episode I'm talking to members of the band Nectar, progressive rock giants that they are. They've been around since 1969. I spoke with Derek Mo Moore, the bass player, and also guitarist Rich Landa, and they were very gracious with their time. They've got a brand new release coming out October 1st, which is a two CD, one DVD set. This is a very exciting release longtime fans of the band nectar because this is a live show captured on swiss tv in 1973. this has recently been unearthed and this is an hour-long concert that was taped for swiss tv's kaleidos pop program it's been unseen since its original broadcast but here it is on a dvd in the sounds like swiss package with two cds one of which uh carries the audio portion of the tv show and it's also got a complete show soundboard recording from a show that was in uh, Lausanne, Switzerland uh, in May 1973. So, very exciting stuff for longtime Nectar fans. The late, great Roy Albrighton plays on this. So, uh, something you're gonna want to have in your collection if you're a Nectar fan. And uh, Rich and, and Mo, of course, were very gracious with their time. They talked a lot about this release. They talked some about their 2020 release called The Other Side, which it was released right as the pandemic hit. So, it's gonna be re released. Anyway, the band is excited to get back on the road in the spring. They're going to be playing different shows every night, so if you see two or three Nectar shows in a row, you're going to see different shows each night, so that's very exciting. Anyway, let's get to that interview with Nectar. Here we go. All right, welcome to Michael's Record Collection. On this edition, I'm happy to have with me from the legendary progressive rock band Nectar, Derek Mo Moore. Mo, how are you doing? Good. It's good to see you. I know you guys have a brand new live release coming out in uh, October, the beginning of October, called Sounds Like Swiss. It was recorded all the way back in 1973. Mo, what can you tell me about this recording?
1: We went into the Swiss studios to do the album, to do the uh, recording, and I knew there was a recording made because it was for Swiss TV, but I could never find it. And uh, it just turned up within the last few months. The guy who uh, uh, who found it, he's he's putting it out with that with our help. And uh, it it's it's amazing to look back on it and see a show uh, like that from 1973 is something that we've not seen before. So it's it's quite strange watching a 27 year old playing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you've got a, a DVD component to this release, right?
1: Yeah. So what the, do you re- the DVD component is the actual uh, recording that was made mm. while we were recording the show. Um I can't believe that it was the actual film for the show because you could see all the people uh, uh, working the show. But it was it, it's a really great uh, great thing and we added two concerts from uh, Lausanne in Switzerland two different mm-hmm. concerts so you've got two concerts and the uh, uh, the DVD is a package
0: mm-hmm. well I think this makes something like I want to say 17 live albums from Nectar what what is it about live albums that that um, that you guys like so much and that your fans like so much
1: I think I think live is uh, is a special way to go. I mean, even our albums that we have, they're all recorded live. And then we, we do overdubs. But the basic tracks are always live. Mm-hmm. We, we never do them uh, like other people. They'll go in and they'll put the bass and drums down. Then the guitarist will come in and do his bit. We play all together. And with the uh, with the band, Rich is our guitarist from neck to nail. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Rich, how do you say your last name? Because I didn't want to uh, mess it up.
1: Uh, Shalander. <laughs> okay galander
0: and
2: my first name is spelled funny too so you know it's a he's a funny guy that's why
1: so um, we've always recorded everything live in the studio uh in fact drifting from the new album was the first take we did one take and it came out great so we used that take we added the vocal and the piano under the vocal that's exactly how it came out so I, I think that I think on albums and on live albums, the the live feel of the whole thing is what carries it.
0: Is it the spontaneity of it or is it yep. just, yeah. It's,
1: just, it's exactly that. Cause we, we play pretty differently every night. Every night is, we're sort of a jam band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so it's a, it's a little bit different every night. And we have, when we do a show, um, it's a different show every night. So we have, we have right now four and a half hours of music. Uh, and we play anywhere from two hours to two and a half hours a night.
3: Mm-hmm. Unless
1: it's a short, a short concert for us is an hour and a half. And so we've got plenty of material to draw from.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we keep track of what we played when we were there. So we said we are in Chicago on the next tour, which now is pushed back to uh, February, March, April. We can look back and see what we played last time and play a different show. Uh, if we're doing four shows like we're doing in St. Louis, we do a different show every night. And that way, if somebody wants to come and see all four shows, they're going to get a different show. Yeah. you are going to get music that they didn't hear on the other
0: nights. That's fantastic. All right. What size venues are you doing on, on this tour?
1: Um, some are, are uh, a little larger. I mean, we we uh, the last tour we did, which was in 2019, was a small intimate tour. They were basically anywhere from 200 to 400. Uh, these this time are between 400 and 900. Mm. Um, Double, well. yeah, it's it's a little bit bigger. We uh, we we like the uh, the intimate venues. It, it really works well for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think once you get above, say, 3,000 seaters the intimacy goes, three three to five, I think, is max. You're playing a 10,000-seater or a 20,000-seater, you lose all connection with the audience. Mm -hmm. And when, in my opinion, when you're playing a large venue like that or uh, uh, a stadium, which we've done, you pick four or five people up front and you focus on them. And then it projects more intimately out to the audience.
0: Yeah. It about Nectar's music that do you think has connected with people over the years? Because you're not a band that's had, you know, top forty hits, especially here in this country. Um, you, like you said, it's a, you, you play a lot of long jams. A lot of your songs are very long. Progressive rock fans obviously are used to that. But like maybe to ex- explain it to someone who isn't a big prog rock fan, you know, what is it about your music that you think appeals to to audiences?
1: Well, I I think it's we tell a story. So a song might be uh, uh, 40 minutes long uh, or 30 minutes long, but it's a story. And we have a light show, and the light show tells the story in lights. In Europe, when you're playing a lot of different countries, it enables them, the people who are watching in a different language, to understand what's going on without understanding English. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the that was the premise when we started uh, Nectar in uh, 1969. That was the intention. It was a music and light theater, and with the, with this band, we've got back to doing that. We have the original light show guy with us, Mick Brockett, and we are going back
0: to the days of music and light theater. Yeah, going back to connecting with the audience what's it like for you having played a lot of shows in Europe, a lot of shows in the United States. And of course in Europe, a lot of those venues, there aren't seats. So you, 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 you got you're a standing sitting, audience They're they're actually on the floor. Yeah. 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 What, what is that? What is the difference like for you as a performer? Well, we're
1: still standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think it worked very well when we were young, um, and when we were playing to young audiences, uh, they, they don't mind. I, I always in, insisted that they sat on the floor and got comfortable uh, when we were playing uh, back in them days. Mm-hmm. But today, I think uh, our audience is a little bit older and I, I don't think it would work so well. So we're playing places where they can sit. Um, there are some places that have standing areas. A dance floor. A, yeah, a dance floor or something. Mm-hmm. There, it's optional whether they want to sit down or not. I don't know that I would want to stand up through a whole concert. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really it's really up to the people. Yeah. Our, our audiences now go all the way up to, you know, 70 years old. Wow. Uh, and there's some, of course, there's some young kids we're starting to uh, starting to affect the younger Yo, crowd. The story about the sixteen. Oh yeah, yeah. We were we were we were playing in New Jersey, and at the end of the show, this guy comes up and he's got his arms full of merchandise. He's bought every album that we brought with us,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and his son was with him. And I said to him, uh, man, it's great that you brought your son to the show because we need to we need to have new blood. We need to have new people. And he said, no, you've got it all wrong. He brought me
3: nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> and
1: he, great. He, he was 15 or 16 years old, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: Tell me a little bit about where you're at. You're in, you said you were in New Jersey. What's this paneled room you're in? What is the, where are you? This is rich's house. Okay. <laughs> Rich.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm caught in the seventies. So I have paneling all over the place. I guess this was, uh, <laughs> my grandfather's house actually that, that we just that we inherited. Uh, Mo staying with me up in Jersey uh, and there's paneling here and it's not it looks like a studio but it's not it's actually part of a kitchen that, yeah. <laughs> that you're sitting in and uh, that we're sitting in but but it, is your studio. but it is a studio as well you know <laughs> uh, you know the, the trick is with Pro Tools you could be anywhere right you could be right. on a laptop and uh, a monitor screen any place so we we do record here too and do demos here and mix some things here too. But we do have a uh, another rehearsal space that we go. And Mo's up here now for a bit so we could do some writing and we could do some playing. And uh, we are trying out an in-ear system that we just bought for, for monitoring and just mm-hmm. we have things to do. But, <laughs> the, yeah, it's just the house. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, I'm glad you brought up the uh, that story, Mo, because the uh, Rich. I'm glad you told Mo to tell that story because I was going to ask you are you seeing more and more People bringing their children and their grandchildren to Nectar shows.
1: Yes, we are. Yeah. yeah, very much so. I I think the band has an appeal to not only to Prague but also to rock. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually were a rock band before before Prague. It was even invented the name. You know. Yeah. Um, we we have a, a varying style, and you know we play what we feel really i mean we don't say oh, well let's play let's do this because it's in we mm-hmm. play what we feel we want to play and usually it's got several time signatures you know but it's just the way we play. it's the yeah. way that we've always played <laughs>
0: I know you were doing a couple of your classic album sides is that uh, is that continuing on with this next leg yeah. of your tour?
1: Yeah, the the, the new tour is uh, uh Vinyl Live. Mm-hmm. And what we what we've done is we've learned um let me think now we've got um we've got all of Tab, we've got all of recital. we've got all of Remember the Future. We've got a lot of down-to-earth. We've got all of the the other side uh, the new album. And uh, we've got a smattering of the other albums. So we will pick one complete album each date to play. But there'll be plenty of the other music mixed in. So you'll get part of Remember the Future or All of Remember the Future or One Side of Remember the Future, for example. Um, So
0: going back to what you were saying about you know, playing different things every night, you've got uh, somebody might come and see, you know, all of tab in the ocean one night. And then the next night they might see all of recycled. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and we may have a smattering of recycled. We maybe pick one song out to play for yeah. recycled in that case, you can pick parts of an album apart to play and it will give you a feel like you've heard, at least some of it, mm-hmm. but I think I don't think you could play a concert without "Summer." Remember the future, right? Uh, because "Remember the Future" was the biggest thing we had. It was number nineteen in the charts here, yeah, in uh, in the states. Now we were supposed to be going out next Tuesday. Yeah. Was the start of the, t- the tour? Twenty first. Twenty first, and uh, uh, Ron, the drummer. Had uh, to have a procedure, and it's knocked him out. He's going to be at least a month before he can uh, play. Right. So we had to move the whole tour into uh, the end of February, March, April. Where, whereabouts are you located? Did you say again? I'm oh, Florida. Orlando, Florida. Yeah. I think we we're trying to come down. Uh, to Florida we'll, so some... we'll be uh in Rosfest.
2: We'll be in Rosfest um oh, hopefully yeah that's... hopefully uh in May I believe which is Tampa I think or yeah
0: yeah Tampa or St. Pete area Sarasota. yeah Minnesota okay yeah yeah, yeah Great. That's certainly in the pencil
1: pencil mode right now okay um, yeah I didn't I didn't
0: remember seeing that um from Rosfest so maybe we have a little scoop here.
1: Yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't see that either but I see it in our schedule. Cause we get the schedule as it's been worked in mm-hmm. and it looks like one of the days we're probably going to be there.
0: That's great. So, well, I, would I, can, play. I, would I haven't play. been since it's been in Florida. I've actually traveled from Florida to Pennsylvania to to go to several Ross fests. So I know it's a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a great,
1: great place to play. We're also looking at that to Prague on the farm. Is it Prague on there?
0: Yeah. Prague on yeah. the farm. Yeah. yeah. That, Where's
2: that? Where's that? that
0: it's kind of in the middle of nowhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got an invite the other day to go to that. Um, and I would certainly uh, we want to come down to Florida, but we want to try and find some good uh, prog areas. Mm-hmm. Sarasota seems to be a big prog area.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And
1: parts of Florida are not prog at all.
0: Yeah. And, yes. South Florida is a little uh, more um, Latin rhythms and um, – and R&B and, and rap and hip hop yeah. and that kind of thing. But yeah, the, the, the Tampa Bay area, you know, you've, you've got some, a few local prog bands over there. You've got, uh, that's where the cruise uh, cruise to the edge sails out of. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, some, a lot of the bands that, that don't do a lot of Southern uh, dates will still come down and, and do maybe Orlando or, or St. Pete or Tampa. Yeah. So.
1: yeah. I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. Probably before it gets too warm.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. We intended
1: to do that in January, and it's really blown everything out. So yeah. we're in the process now of of, of rehearsing and writing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd like to do another album in uh, uh, August, maybe or July. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have we have an album out called "The Other Side," and that came out in 2020, mm-hmm. right um March, right when the COVID hit.
0: Oh no! So you haven't really gotten a chance to tour that yeah. album much.
1: So that is that being re-released in October, and it's going to have not only the album. It's going to have a uh, a radio edit of Drifting, which we're going to release as a digital single, mm-hmm. and it's going to have a DVD on the making of the album and when we actually started the band all the way through to our first concert, which was uh, Progfest. Progstock. Progstock, right. Uh
0: You mentioned 1969 is when this band was formed, and I got to ask, what keeps you going uh, all these years later?
1: The music, really. I mean, uh, I had a long time when I was uh, I was in uh, uh, construction for many years, and I I, I, I I sort of kept tabs on what was going on. And then uh, Ron called me uh, to put it, put the band together, and uh, Rich was my first call. And we've been friends for God knows how okay. long, long time. Okay. And we wrote a lot of music together back in the seventies. And so we got together, the three of us, and it was just magic. I, I, uh, right. it, I think once you get a group of guys, that, the way it, where it, it triggers me and Ron have played together for about 55 years, probably mm-hmm. a long time. And yeah, there's been long periods when I've been doing other things and he's been, he was, he played all the way through.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But as soon as we get back together, it's like, boom, we're in. Can I say we- something?
2: Let me, let me just say something. When these guys get together, uh, Ron being the drummer and Mo being the bassist, you could feel that history, man. You yeah. know, you could really feel that, those decades of knowing and feeling this thing happening. It's really pretty amazing when you, when you, see that when it's broken apart and you get to see what they're doing you can see they know each other they know each other's moves like a psychic connection they have there yeah that's really cool
0: yeah i mean it's it's really great to have a rhythm section that's been together as as long as you guys have um you know mo on bass it's ron howden on drums rich on guitars you got randy dembo on uh what bass bass pedals backing vocals kendall scott on keyboards who else who am i missing
1: mick
0: brockett He's the light. He's the music and light theater guy. Okay. Uh, how do you, you, you mentioned your 2020 album. How much of it are you going to be able to play live and, and yet feel like you've satisfied your longtime fans by playing a lot of the classics? Well, you play for two and a half hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you can drop a few in here. A few. I'm going to tell you by on the last tour, uh, about halfway through the tour, we started opening up with uh, The Other Side, which is the longest track. It's 18 minutes. People loved it. You know, yeah. the, the, the thing is about Nectar Music, it, it encompasses a lot of different directions. So if you've got something that's melodic, that's telling a story, people are interested in it. You yeah. know, that's, that's the bottom line, you know. I mean, we've just did, we were uh, drifting the one I was telling you about that we did live. Uh, in the studio that is coming out as a digital single it's nine minutes long (laughs) but it's got we did a dvd uh, for it so you're going to be able to see a dvd with the music a video for for Mm -hmm. the for the music and it's going to be um it's going to be on 24 bit which is going to give it a lot more depth Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a download. You you can't get 24 bit on a CD, um, and uh, it'll be it'll be something that people are going to want to have.
0: Yeah. How have you um, embraced, or have you embraced the digital era and and Spotify and, and streaming services and all of that?
1: Yeah, have to. It's it's there. We're in a new we're in a new era. Mm-hmm. I mean, we um, when we did our album. Um, it was recorded digitally with Pro Tools. So everything was, but the studio was pure analog. We had an analog board. We had analog equipment. It was fantastic. And you could just record it onto the digital and then you could move stuff wherever you wanted to do. The engineer, uh, Joe, uh, was incredible. Been pretty great. Yeah, really. Great. Uh, surefire Studios. Uh, Jody Mayo
0: is Mm -hmm. absolutely awesome to work with at the risk of, of uh, the health of your wrists. Are you guys uh, signing autographs after shows for fans?
1: We're going to talk about, we have a, we have a zoom meeting every, every Tuesday. And we're going to talk about that tonight. We're looking for something different. We're Mm going to have some things. I think that are going to be pre-signed. We're going to have a, like a storytelling uh vip where they're allowed to come into the sound check and we we show them what sound check's all about of course we'll we'll be getting the sound ready for the uh, concert Mm -hmm. and then they'll be able to ask questions and we can talk to them from the stage i i don't want to uh i don't want to risk getting too close
0: yeah i
3: mean i
1: I don't i'm not afraid of it neither of us are afraid of it yeah but um you can't be stupid either if you're doing a tour (laughs) Uh, you've got to be healthy through the whole tour.
0: Yeah. And yeah. We're,
1: we're hoping to do 30, 40 dates. And we, we want to keep healthy through them 30, 40 days, you know.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, a, a, an outbreak in the band can derail a, a tour Stop for a long dead. time. So it
1: stops it dead. Yeah. But what we're, the, what we're thinking is uh, we'll keep our distance. If somebody wants something signing, they'll have to send it to us. I don't I have no problem signing stuff,
2: mm-hmm. but I
1: don't want to be like we are right now, close. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do want them to have a special experience, which I think what we're planning to do with the sound check will make it a special experience if somebody wants to uh, do a, a, a VIP and get, you know, get to know us, be a distance, mm-hmm. but they'll get to know us, they'll get to take pictures. That other people can't take because they won't be there for the sound check you know it'll i think uh, we also have a a, a grab bag a, a bag with a nectar man and and things in it for for that part and we'll yeah. have instruments on too so it'll be fun if they want
2: to know what riff where this riff came from or whatever it'll be a different dimension that we can yeah.
0: with that way too so it opens that up that's very cool um are you doing anything any kind of a tribute to to roy albrighton on this tour yeah. a-
1: um actually the other side uh comes from that he's on the other side now and one of the songs that we did on the album is called devil's door and devil's door we wrote in 1974 i think we were in chicago uh when we uh when we played it the first time um and we decided that we were going to we were going to revamp that finish it because it never it was never finished um and we we're gonna uh, use it on the album so we sat down and we it came time to record it and uh, we'd already played played it so we you know we'd, we'd rehearsed it before we came there and we sat down to listen to the original version that we did in 1974 and the guitar was so crystal clear that we decided we would use it on that track. So we uh, actually, if you look at the DVD uh, that we did of the making of, that was on it. That piece where we decided we we're going to do that is on there. It was in the studio that it was filmed.
2: this that idea that happened. It was Mo's yeah. idea that, uh, and it worked out beautifully.
1: Yeah, we were deciding how we we're going to do it. What, where, we were, where the band would come in. And Mm -hmm. where the band would take over. But it sounds I'm gonna tell you, we all felt that Roy was in the studio with us. All of us. It was it was amazing.
0: late great Roy Albrighton. Um, is it true that you invited him to join the band via telegram? Yes, (laughs) we were in Hamburg,
1: um, and, uh, Colin, who was our guitarist at the time, uh, with the band was called prophecy. And we decided that we were going to ask Roy, if he wanted to join us and I sent him a telegram and he sent a telegram right back. Yeah. I need some money to get there. <laughs> Typical musician, you know, <laughs>
3: yeah. so I
1: sent him some money and he came and we, we talked, we, we got on really well. And that Friday we did a gig and we jammed the whole night. We, we, we not played together.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It was on Friday. Friday. Okay. Let's play this. Let's play that. And we jammed the whole night and it was great. And we, we decided if it if it turned out not to be great, if it turned out not to be great, then we were going to call the band Pollen. And if if we we had a good gig, we were going to call it Nectar. And then after the show, a reporter asked us the name of the band, and we said Nectar. And we put a K in it because it just looked better. We didn't realize at that time that Nectar with a K was German. It's a German uh, version of Nectar. Mm -hmm. but it worked out both ways i mean we we lived in germany for 11 years Mm -hmm. so uh, we played to german german audiences are awesome they're not interested in pop music they're not interested in anything but what's new whatever you want to play for them they'll listen to and i have to say that the audiences over here are very similar um Mm -hmm. maybe not as widespread as germany but if you're playing a quiet part, it's you can hear a pin drop you mm-hmm. know and, and that that's when you know they're really into it,
0: yeah, for sure're
1: if, if talking it, it's not gonna happen
0: yeah you can both answer this question what what music got you into music? like what did you hear that made you think you wanted to be a rock musician? you want to go first? <laughs>
2: Because it's a hard one. You want me to take it first. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a pro move. Now he has time to think about his answer. You know, I, you know, that, <laughs> I know. I know. Um,
2: I don't know. I, I um, My dad was a a, vi- a Juilliard violinist and my mom was his student. So it was music all around. So we're listening to jazz and the Ubbly Brothers growing up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'm thinking the Beatles. The first time I saw the Beatles, like just really put a, a pin in it for me just just to say, yeah, there, there's something here that I want to investigate. I, I'm saying the Beatles back in the old days. All right.
1: Okay. Um, Don't say the Beatles now. Not, <laughs> I, actually, the Beatles were a huge influence on me. I know. Huge. Why not? Uh, my sister was a classical pianist, and she taught me to play play piano.
3: So,
1: <clears throat> so listening to her, I, I couldn't wait to learn how to play And I was seven years old when I started playing uh, uh, classical music. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when Bill Haley came out, of course, and everybody wanted to do do that, I I started playing rock and roll piano. And I played for a band, uh, you know, rock and roll piano. I was playing piano, uh, not rocker and all these things. And the bass player left. And so I had to play bass or we didn't have a band and i played bass and i play a little bit different because i'm i come from a piano so i know all the notes if you put a chord down i know what's all the notes in there you know
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: and uh, that, then uh, um when the beatles came out in 62 i think it was um they were so different and i i, I loved the melodic bases that the that, that the beatles had so it, it Although we didn't play Beatles music much, really, um, but they were they were really a strong effect on them. They have, yeah. They they were the ones responsible for music today, because before them, everybody had music written for them. Somebody would write the music, and they would just play it. The Beatles showed you that you could write music too, and. Almost instantaneously, even the Rolling Stones were showed by the Beatles that they could write uh, songs. But uh, they showed the Stones that you could write music.
3: And mm-hmm. They started
1: writing their own music. Yeah, and that was basically Mick and and Keith that did all the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Beatles is our answer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you Definitely. go. Definitely,
1: Beatles was a huge, huge.
0: Yeah. Movie. What was it about? progressive rock, or what became known as progressive rock, because as you pointed out um, very astutely that it wasn't a term back then, what was it about that style of music that appealed to you more than like you said, you you heard the Beatles, you were instantly, you know, uh, taken to a new place. And, and now you're writing music, but you're writing these long, intricate, I guess, musicianship focused songs, rather than two and a half minute singles. You know, where did you make that turn
1: uh well really from the pretty much from the beginning of the band we uh we we found music that linked into one another some music that i'd written back in istanbul in 1966 would join up with something that we're, we were doing and we've, we learned how to weave the music together and to tell a story um uh, a lot of that was uh probably because of the uh, light show, because it was continuous. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, the first piece we wrote, uh, that length was Journey to the Center of the Eye, and that was, I think, 45, 46 minutes long. And we had to play it as one piece. When we went to the studio, they had no Dolby, they had no DBX. So you had to play the whole 40, 45 minutes. Because you couldn't cut it, it would have gone boom when you when you started it up. Um, so, I guess you you get into the music pretty deeply when it's that long. You know, yeah. you, you you really uh, and you're able to to jam on it and change things a little bit and little nuances that happen. I like I like longer pieces when we when we put uh the other side together that was a that was a real challenge right yeah. I mean there's a lot of different time signatures in there and a lot of pieces from different eras a lot of stuff that we wrote back in the 78 uh are, are scattered through that whole album
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: where is the best place for for folks to order or to get Sounds like Swiss and uh, and the new album.
1: Um, you can buy them both on our on our store. Um, the shop is at nectarsmusic.com. That's n e k t a r s music m u s i c ccom That's our uh, website, and you can buy both uh, albums there. If you're in a foreign country, uh, the the Post Postal rates are horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're Canada or England or Spain or um, South America, the, the, the rates for the post are, are awful. And there are other alternatives where you can buy stuff where the post is not as bad. I, I would suggest four or five people get together, buy an album each, and send it in one packet. It'd be a lot cheaper. There you go. That's a
0: good idea. So you guys are on Facebook. Do you have a Twitter or an Instagram also? You do have an Instagram.
1: We have our Instagram page is linked to our uh, Nectar the Legendary Rock Band site. Let me have a look and see if I've got it here. I thought I had it. Yeah. Nectar Facebook page is Nectar Official. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nectar the Legendary Rock Band. uh, The website I've given you. There's Nectar Appreciation Society, and there's one that's just Nectar. And all the links for
2: uh, everything else to socials are like right on that site.
1: Yeah. If you were to go on the website, you can get into all, all the uh, Facebook pages. Great. We try to make sure that uh, each of the pages are, are getting an idea of what's happening on the other pages. If, we have, if we're going to release something, we release it to all the sites. Uh, so that everybody gets a feel for what's going on
0: great well mo moore and rich landa thank you so much for your time you've been very generous with it i i wish you nothing but the best with the new uh live album the cd dvd release and the 2020 release that just came out and and the tour when you finally get it wound back up uh, i look forward to you guys coming down to florida yeah you gotta come and see us absolutely thanks guys i appreciate you being on michael's record collection and um you guys want to uh hit subscribe and uh like like me on facebook and and if you have any questions go to michael's record collection at gmail.com send me an email thank you nectar uh we look forward to seeing you live michael's record collection is hosted and produced by michael citro